for five minutes, talk with it amongst your table, how do you do it? You know, because it's really fun to share with each other because then you realize that everybody's doing the same thing. So just for a moment, within your group, just ask yourselves, what, how am I doing that? What am I doing in my house to enable my kids right now? Okay. Talk amongst yourself. Two minutes. From all the chatter, I can hear that we are all walking the same road. So over here, I heard one thing, and that is, and right here too, the reward and the and the punishment type thing. Because part of it, when sometimes when you punish them, you know, you take away something, you're the one that's affected. When you, you know, if you, let's say, they forget their lunch, which is one thing Holly said because she just dealt, dealt with it. You have to take it up to school. What a pain. Or if you take away their toys or something, then you're dealing with a screaming kid. But let me tell you, it's momentary. That, that's another thing that I've learned and learning. Because let me point out, I am so not uh, an expert at this. I, I have no idea what I'm doing, except that I do think I will be doing it for a very long time. Because my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 3. Oh, oh, oh. And the boys are so different than the girls. And wow, it's taxing. Um, so anyway, my um, the whole point of that is, that whole thing is to, number one, no one's walking it alone. Don't ever feel like you are and don't buy it and get right into it and be honest about it. Because if you're on it, if you're not honest about it and you're trying to pretend like we're all, my kids are doing great. That's a lonely place to be. It's much better walking it together. And the truth of the matter is everyone's in it. Because right there, I mean, we're tracking because I had the same experience. I, and Jennifer Royal would tell you, and it drives my mother crazy, some of the stuff I put on the blog. Because I don't care. I mean, what difference does it make? And I'm very careful never to say my kids' names, although people that know me know who the kids are. But, I mean, it's just, it's typical stuff. When I started it, I, I didn't mean to do this. But I named each one of the kids, rather than using their names, I, I made up names for them. And one of them, the 14-year-old, his name is Team Takeout. Because the child, for whatever reason, will eat nothing in our house and assumes that we have to go out to eat every single meal. And so he's so darn stubborn, he just won't eat unless it's out somewhere. I mean, it's ridiculous. But it's such a team thing. I have to have it how I want it, you know, how I want it right now. I can't wait, and I need to have it exactly how I want it. Well, so he's team takeout. I have another one who is this child who can sit in the very back of my car and know if I'm going two miles over the speed limit. And proceeds to tell me, which she did this morning. By the way, Mom, the speed limit is 35 and you're going 37. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, who cares? And how do you see that? And, and she's right. And I, it's unbelievable. And then I have another one. Her name is um, the go-to girl, but also Sister Save-A-Lot because she's the kind of one that borderline does it all right right now because that's another thing I'm realizing that as they grow they sort of morph into these little personalities and so she's kind of turning into a speed police but she is the one that she saves her money she's a deferred gratification kind of gal and if I need anything done I can go to her and know that it will be done and it will be done well for right now I know she's going to turn into somebody else in a couple of years. But the personalities are very interesting. And then I have a little guy, the eight-year-old, is, we, we call him Slow Walker because he gets, he's so stubborn that when he doesn't want to do something, this is what he does. 
<laughs> Which is really fun when you're trying to get to school and the kid will not get in the car. And we're like, get in the car! And he's just like... Anyway, and then I have the three-year-old who I used his name in the blog, but I, he is now, we've dubbed him the future hoarder of America because the kid truly is. He's unreal what the kid hoards and where he hoards it. And so that's just sort of a fun comic relief because he very well could be on that show. He could be one of the shows right now. And anyway, okay, so here's the what, okay? The what is work. It is W-O-R-K. And it needs to be going on in every single house. It needs to be much more going on in my house than it is. But we're trying. You know, we're putting one foot in front of the other. We aren't doing it perfectly and we aren't doing it really well either because there are people that do it well. I'm not one of them. I am not type A. I'm really laid back. I don't care. I don't really care if the work gets done at all, you know, let alone. I mean, we all are going to get there. But I am learning that I need to stop that because I need to be making them work. So let's go back to the Bible and see a little bit about what the Lord has to say about work. In Genesis 2.15, what did God do? Created everything. Created man. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. This was before the fall. Work is a part of it. Man was created to work and to take care of things. And that's what we are here to do. In the inmost part of your being, that's what you, you are happiest when you're working. And for a moment, think about that. When you kind of get in the ho-hum blahs, what gets you out of that? Doing something. Doing something. Um... Now, after the fall was where it became cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. This is what our kids think work is, because to them it's all hard toil and terribleness. Because sin entered the world, it isn't, it's not there to serve me. And that's where we're a little bit off, is that kids think that it's supposed to make them happy. My homework is frustrating because it's annoying and because I have to do it and I have to do it the way she wants it done. Well, welcome to life, you know. Get over yourself because that's part of it. The truth of the matter is they're happier when they do it. They're miserable when they aren't doing it. The same thing for my little kids. They're much happier when they're working and helping out than when they're just sloughing around yelling at each other because that's what happens when they're all just playing. But if they're working, it's very interesting what happens when they work. And I have witnessed it. And here are a few of the little things that we've done. That, oops, can we, yeah, okay, so, uh, let me go to that part. What I tried to do, I tried to think of what are 12 things that I would love for my kids to leave home with. When they go to college, I'd like for them to at least know how to do a few certain life things. The first one, and I kind of called them 12 tasks. So each month, I set up a task, and I, we, we embarked on the road, and we started real big with just learning how to make your bed and remove the clutter from your floor. And um, my daughter, the one, one of the daughters, 
I asked her, like last year, because their room was so messy. And I was like, why would you even, why would a friend want to come over here? Because who would want to even go in this room? Oh, mom, they love it. This is how everyone loves a room. And they come over and they love it. And I'm thinking, I don't like it. Oh, okay. And she, they started cleaning their room. And she came to me and said, I just wanted to tell you something, that it really does feel better with my room clean. And I do enjoy having my friends over better with my room clean. Because it's true. And I, I quit falling over everything to go wake them up. And then I realized for a moment, why am I waking them up? Because they could have an alarm clock and wake themselves up. But that would be way too much, you know. I still have to enable them a little bit. So we started with controlling the clutter. And then we moved to the kitchen, which greatly stressed me out. Because I've got, I mean, we have a bit of a house load. And the thought of letting them cook their own meals themselves was almost overwhelming to me. But, you know, it was a game, so why not try it? And so one thing that we did, thanks to a terrific guest blogger, she said, have a family meeting to discuss what you're going to do so everyone buys in because it's a team. And if everybody buys in, then you're going to be a lot, you're going to have a lot more chance to succeed than if you're just like, by the way, we're starting this today. And, and so we kind of got together. Guess what, kids? This month, we're all gonna, you are going to cook for us. How would you like to do it? And they each decided together that they would like to take a day. And so the, because I thought, why not have one kid cook, one clean up, one, you know, and spread it out. They didn't want anything to do with that. They wanted their day so that they could do it all and it would be done. And so the cooking involved going to the grocery store, planning your meal, going to the grocery store, uh, buying the goods, and um, cooking it. Cleaning up before and cleaning up after. Okay? So that little guy over there in the corner, that happened to be the kid that took Monday. And he was the one that we started. He's eight. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I was ill the night before at the thought of having to do this. Kind of why did I, why have I set this gauntlet? This is ridiculous. And so I said, let's go to the store and get your meal. What do you think he did? I'm not going to the store. I just I hate that. This is terrible. You're so mean. Which he did all the way into the store. Slow walking into the store. And our neighbor happened to be there. And he looks at, at this kid and he goes, and he said, well, hi, how are you doing? This is terrible. This is horrible. And he said, what are you doing here? And I explained what we were doing. And he looked at him and he said, guess what? This is, you know, a 55-year-old man. I am here buying groceries for our dinner because I'm making dinner tonight. And it is so much fun. And that is so great you're learning a great job and he starts to perk up and I get the cart and I start going around the grocery store with him and I realize I have never not once explained a grocery store to any of my children so I go to the cold aisle and I say well look over at the grocery store you have the whole area around and there's usually all the fresh stuff around and the kind of man-made stuff in the middle and 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 here this is where the eggs and the milk are and he's wide-eyed because what do I usually do I run in and get out of that place as fast as I can because I don't like being there and I've got too many in tow to really and, and now I have them old enough where I can leave the 14 year old in the car and watch everybody which is even better 
So anyway, he's all sitting there all perky. And we get some stuff for his brownies because I, I allowed him to make brownies for dessert. We don't ever have dessert, but I figured anything to give them incentive to do this. And uh, I looked at the butter, and there were how many kinds of butter are there? There's probably eight, ten kinds of butter. And I said to him, do you see how the prices are different? Well, let me explain to you why the prices are different. This, it was amazing. And I'm thinking, what have I been doing this whole time as a mother? Where am I equipping them to even know that there are difference in prices, how you can look at them? I mean, it just was this whole, I couldn't believe it, thinking, what, really? What have I been doing existing? And this really was equipping. And so he learned where the items were. We went home. And believe it or not, the kid actually cooked dinner. Now, with the little one and with anybody that's scared of the stove, because I I don't blame them, I help them with those things. One of them likes to make pasta. I have a hard time pouring them. You know, it's hard to get the water out of the pasta, but still they do it. And I cannot tell you what that kid did when he sat down that night at the meal. I've never seen him more proud of himself, ever. It was worth every ounce of agony that I was going through <laughs> to have him do that. And he was so proud. Now, here's, here's the flip side. I said to them, you can either cook your dinner, or if you do not want to cook, team takeout, you, you can have the money that I would spend, that we would spend, and you can buy dinner for everybody, knowing full well that that money would never buy a meal out, but they had, you know, he he had some money that he's been saving, and I said, you're welcome to spend whatever money you'd like, I'll take you to the restaurant, and you can pick it up, you can take us out. Well, of course, the 14-year-old opted to do that, which he did, we did this for the month of March, he did that every meal on his day, he had the big donut at the end of the, I mean of his all the money he'd been saving it was so painful and the most interesting thing about it one night he brought home Wendy's which he was so excited about as is typical I'm sure in everyone's home there were two that didn't like Wendy's so they weren't very excited about it when he sat there Wendy's down in front of them and they said oh this is disgusting it smells so bad and he's sitting there having spent his money on the meal dejected because everybody's crabbing about what he brought them which he was so proud of having brought them By the end of the month, that kid was like this. The other kids were just, they were flying high because their wings had been fortified. And I realized the biggest mistake I ever made was allowing that kid to have a way out. Because the others, as they tested their wings and they failed, and then they would fly, and then they would crash and burn, and then they would fly. This kid had been crashing and burning the whole time, solidifying the message in his own mind that he can't do anything. Because they all think that. They all, every one of them thinks, I'm terrible, I can't do anything. Especially when they hit those teen years, they think they're idiots. And everyone's looking at them and realizing how either dumb they are, how slow they are, how terrible they look because they have a pimple hiding right underneath this hairline that nobody can see. But everybody can see it. All these terrible things they think about themselves was hitting home because I was not making him cook. And it, oh, he didn't get the chance after that not to cook. And he moaned and groaned, but as he set his meal in front of everybody, it was a different kid at the table than the one that had been allowed not to work. It was fascinating and very sobering to me, and I continued to make ridiculous mistakes like that along the way. But it's just interesting because it hits home. The truth behind work is true. It's very real. 
You can't negate it. And so how, how can we continue to put it in front of them so they can be successful? Clearly the three-year-old can add in his little help. We had yard work was one of the months. Uh, which we really weren't great at because I'm terrible in the yard and I don't really know how to do any of it, but we tried. And we had domestic dirty jobs as a month where we, they learned how to do Lysol. They learned how to you know, literally clean a house, which the little ones can easily do because at Target they have those Lysol wands you know, that you can clean the toilet with and there were plenty of you know, ridiculous comments about cleaning a toilet. But they could take the brush and clean it themselves so that at some point they can do that themselves. Um, they, we, I made the older ones get a job, go through the whole process of, of doing a resume. And they don't have a resume. But putting, you know, the, 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 one of the girls wanted to babysit. We learned what it was like to do a flyer, to get references, so that you can do these kinds of things. And the little guys did very small jobs for the neighbors, you know. And then I had jobs they could do for me. I had job postings that I put on the refrigerator where they got compensated for whatever it was because it was an extra job. And they could pick or choose what type of job they wanted to do and what kind of compensation they got. However, I checked it because I was the boss. And they had to do a good job. Now, interestingly enough, my younger ones do much better work than the older ones. So in the, while you've got them young, do as much as you can because the day is going to come where they won't do it very well anymore because they just won't. They won't. I'm convinced from older, wiser people that they do come out of the funk and that they do come back. But the truth of the matter is, even if they're really very diligent and great, great attitude, it genuinely does disappear at a point. And that's okay because it will come back. But the part where it disappeared is not very fun. It's very much like the two-year-old. You know, when your two-year-old gets there, you fully expect the tantrums. You fully expect for them not to listen to you. You fully expect for them to beat their head up against the wall and yell and scream over ridiculous things. And you live through it. The same thing happens when they hit the teenage years. It is as ridiculous. Many a day I have been a tantrum sandwich with the teenager and the three-year-old yelling about something ridiculous. It just has different words. But it's the same thing. Okay, so we, and then we did laundry for a month, which has been fascinating. To, we, even, we went to Colorado during the summer. And there was a different washing machine at the place where we stayed. It was so great to be able to show them that not every washing machine works the same way. And they can wash their clothes. And have they ruined some clothes? Uh, Yes. But so have I. I did a load the other day. I don't know why I did it with a white shirt and with my dark clothes. And now my shirt's kind of gray. And I was so disappointed. But I could show them. I'm right there with you. You know, and there is a reason why you separate it, and this is how you put it away. Just the basics of living. But you would be surprised at how many kids don't know how to do, could never even do a load of laundry. What a waste of time. And let me just say that, hello, I was one of them. My mother never, uh, my mother did a lot of things wonderful, but we were very enabled. I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but when I first got married, I had never, ever cleaned a bathroom. Ever. I had even in college, my roommates and I, we would just, we would put our money in together and get a maid to come in. I did. I, I am there. So what I did, our sweet Beatrice Howard, who helped us all growing up, I drove to Wichita Falls, picked up Beatrice, brought her home, and she taught me how to clean my house. And what I would have given, I was, I was 30 years old, ladies. It's pathetic. But I just had never, you know. 
I worked hard. I had enough money. That's what I chose to spend my money on. And I, I remember sitting there on the floor going, B, I do not know how to clean a bathroom. Can you please show me? And I learned. But I wish I had known that earlier. And I, I, I really do. would have been a good thing to have learned. But there were great things that I learned growing up that helped me that I'm trying, you know, teaching my kids even right now. Like this month is our manners and etiquette month. And... Um, you would be, when I was out, I, I had a job at Nations Bank, which was when I think when I worked there, it may have been NCMB. I don't know what bank it was. It's Bank of America now. And I was in a, and I was in a corporate meeting. Everyone in there had MBAs or law degrees. And we had a dinner that we were supposed to go to with the president of the bank. And everyone was so nervous because it was a black tie dinner. Half the people had never been in anything like that before, didn't know what fork to use, had no idea which plate was on what side. It made them so nervous that they even had a hard time talking. And they had someone, they hired a company to come in and teach people how to eat with what fork. And I, was, I thought, I couldn't believe what it did to those people. It shrunk them. It took them from being confident to nothing because they were not equipped in that situation. And I, I thought that was fascinating that they had never learned what fork you eat with, you know, which my mother made us do, you know. So there's little equipping things. And what it does is it allowed me to go into a situation and not feel less of myself because of something so easy where I watched these, you know, mighty men shrink because they didn't know how to do something as, as easy as what fork do I eat with. And I thought that was amazing. I really did. It was, and I told one of my kids that as I made him go to Cotillion last year, and he was dying over that. And I was like, this is good for you. You know, after we got through the part, which we never really made it through, is that I don't know how to tie a tie. He doesn't know how to tie a tie. We were on YouTube trying to figure out how to tie a tie. It was so hilarious. And I'm doing the knot over. It never worked. And I'm like, where's your father? He still doesn't know how to tie a tie. And neither do I. But there was a kid in the car that did. We called him Knot Boy because he tied every kid's tie. It was unbelievable. Every It was really hilarious. But there again, yet another thing where I, I was so stressed by how we enable these kids. It was so funny. Not boy. All the boys would stand in front of him. He's like, wait, 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 and he'd move to the next one. Wait, 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 wait. Because his father had taught him how to tie a tie. Okay, so we did Handyman, which was a complete failure, which is right here. Do you see these kids in the corner on the bottom? This was a brilliant opportunity for my children to learn how to snake a drain. Um, Because uh, one of the kids had failed to tell us that his drain wasn't working. And so in the shower, which has a lip this large, the water was flooding over it. Because had it been months, possibly, that it had just continued to rise and rise. And all he had to do was snake the drain. And, uh, And it was our handyman month, which I was looking for any handy thing so that they could learn how to be handy and and I was so excited when he came and told me the drain wasn't working I was just thrilled and I ran to my husband go get the snake they can learn how to snake a drain and my husband went up there because it was the day before school and everybody had a bathe and they were ready to go to bed and he proceeded to snake that drain 
and I was so frustrated with him and my my 14 year old stood there and I said honey get in there and do that you can do that and he said oh no I, I can't do that and he said maybe maybe when I'm 18 I can do something like that but I'm telling you that I you know I'm, I'm only I think he was 13 and he said I'm only 13 I cannot do that and I sat there thinking that is exactly it that's exactly it he believed he couldn't do it because someone stepped in and did it for him instead of saying get in here you can do this it was snake in a drain I was very frustrated but that's a whole nother issue on submission because I had to submit to the authority in my house and not not let it all just all that anger come out because of what was happening to this kid as I watched my kid shrink because his dad wouldn't let him snake the drain clearly we've discussed that issue I would not be saying it in front of you but and and it was a great thing for my husband to sit there and go I I hear you and I see what you're saying and that that probably wasn't a great choice because the kid walked away fully sitting there going in front of every sibling oh but I think we do that all the time with smaller things Mine just, you know, they all think it's, oh, it's because of the blog. And part of it is, but, and it is, but part of it, it's the principle behind it all. And I really do want them to be equipped. We had our party planning month where they all had to plan a party and put on a party. Um, we had a teamwork month where we had to, we, they picked two projects that they had to do collectively as a team. And one of them is right there where we took, I, they took out all the stones in our front yard, which was really good hard labor because they wanted to be able to put up a volleyball net. And so together they worked on picking up all those stones. Um, and putting, John wouldn't let us sod the yard ourselves, although that would have been even better. But, you know, whatever. At least they got the stones out. And they can look at that every day and know that they did it. Um, I made them run errands for one month. And that was, a, you know, that was hard but good. And they still will have to do that where they get out of the car and they go pick up the cleaning. Or they get out of the car and they run into the grocery store and get the milk. Because they don't like doing that. But guess what? They can um, service the month of December was life altering for us every day until Christmas we had a service we did something for other people and in as much as work does something for you which you were created to do there's one other thing that you were created to do did anybody got a little idea of the greatest commandment to love others to treat others as, as the Lord treats you as you would you know and it is so unbelievable how powerful that one is you know people reach for a monster drink or something to get them going if you for a moment think of a way to get outside of yourself and serve someone it is unreal what that does for you and what it does for a kid's psyche and don't be fooled that you have to be a certain age to go serve because we've had our kids over at uh, Youth Believing in Change helping kids with their homework uh, the 8 year old did it 2 years ago when he was you know I, I might have had him over there when he was 5 helping kids draw or anything like that to get him out of himself and realize that the world isn't revolving around our little sphere and it's amazing what happens they bellyache and groan and I don't want to do this and this is terrible and I don't have time but it is so worth it 
And it starts to ingrain in them, get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes off yourself. So when my kid, we had a kid that, that started a new volleyball team where she doesn't know a soul and she's very sensitive. And they aren't really nice to her. I mean, they just aren't. And I said to her, she went in one day, just for a moment, get out of yourself and start looking at the other kids and tell them, great shot. You had a really good shot. Nice set. What a great serve. Whatever, you know, anything that's genuinely true, it completely transformed her approach. It was amazing. And so it took her from being crippled and not being able to hit to actually being able to enjoy a game that she loves. It was fascinating because that truth is so powerful. Very powerful. Okay, so the, there was one other thing. I wanted, oh, well, maybe I'll remember it. Um, okay, so next, this is a little bit of what we've done. Isn't that cute with her getting the bananas? I snuck in behind her and took a picture when she didn't know. They're, they also are sick of my taking pictures of everything. Um, okay, the next slide. That's the what. The when and the where. Start young. It's so much easier. That one, because I, I have the old and I have the young. It is sure a lot easier with the young one than it is with the older one. Exponentially easier. I even tried a little reverse psychology the other day in the car with the 14-year-old thinking, uh-huh, I'm going to tell him he can't do something and, and then he will. Oh, that doesn't work at all. He looked at me because I wanted him to get the owner, owner's manual out to figure out how to turn the car back to the, it had switched to Celsius instead of Fahrenheit. And I couldn't, I, I mean, I'm in that metrically challenged age group where we know never had to learn anything and I, I had no idea how that happened and he sat there looking at me I was like get the thing get the owner's manual out huh would you get it out what and, and I was like just get the book out and, and I'm thinking he can learn that an owner's manual tells you how to fix things and he's like uh. and, and so then I sat there thinking well I'm just going to do a little reverse psychology and I turned to him and I said I guess you can't get the book out and tell me how to fix it and he sat there for a minute and he goes I guess I can't <laughs> and I was like, no, wait, you can't. He said, no, nope, you said I can't. I guess I can't do it. And he just sat there. <laughs> and then he totally fixed it for me because he knew how to do it all along, which he tools me every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's terrible. And he's really funny. So that makes it great. Okay, so I started late for sure. And I, and I do know through this whole thing that it's never going to stop. There's no end to it. It's just not. That's part of it. You know, that's part of being a mom. But um, it's better late than never. And, and it's better to start and then realize a year later that you forgot and you're not doing it anymore and start back up and never beat yourself up. Because it just doesn't matter. It's just, it's the heart. God always looks at our heart. And that's the going before him. I can't do this. Please help me. Help me to keep it at the forefront. The age appropriateness really is on what sort of tasks that I have them do. There, there are some that are better for the younger ones and some that are better for the older ones. And I have definitely learned there are some that are better for girls and some that are better for boys. And it definitely starts at home. It starts with me. It starts with me making my bed, which I have to say I'm better at. Um, if we go to the next slide, we'll go to a little bit of the how, I think. The why. Is that not hilarious? That was one board day where, because we stick around we, at home, we really try not to be overscheduled. And that's what the girls did to that poor child. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so sad? I think he might have issues when he gets older. Um, okay, the societal trends, which we talked about a little bit about the teen entitlement. 
one thing that we may have forgotten is that before, it was probably in the 1960s when child labor laws started that people actually started to believe that a 12 or 13 year old shouldn't work. That's a new thing. The idea of a teen is a new thing. It's a new concept. It never existed before. Just so you know, when your founding father, George Washington, at 14 years old, 14, he was the the official surveyor for Culpeper County in Virginia. That guy was out surveying land by himself, not with anybody else, at 14 years old. Ben Franklin apprenticed at his brother's print shop at age 12. That was a very normal thing. Clara Barton was a teacher at age 18 and founded a school. There are people, there are authors even. uh, Mary Shelley uh, wrote Frankenstein at age 14. Isn't it interesting? The only reason why I say that is don't be fooled. They can do so much more than we ever ask them to do. And the sad thing is that by not asking them, we kind of emasculate them. And again, as Christians, why not be privy to it? Because how cool to bring up a fortified group because you never know how that will change the world. Um, Anyway, so as they look at some of this entitlement, they do point a lot of it back to child labor laws. And then they point it right back to to the idea, the theory of Dr. Spock when he was like, you must fit. There was this parenting era where is the you must feel good about what you're doing. I guarantee you when you go into any of your um, play groups or like the gym, little gym or anything like that, what does your kid walk out with? A stamp, every kid. When they come out of school, everyone has a sticker. When you play on a soccer team, what do you walk away with? Every kid. And that's warped just a tiny bit about the reality of life. There's no, guess what? In life, everyone doesn't get a trophy. Not everyone gets a trophy by a stretch. Only one gets a trophy. And there's, look at the, right now the Australian Open is on. My favorite is tennis. Only one person's going to win that, that tournament. But how many are entered in it? Probably 100. That's how many losers there will be. I, I can probably tell you that in my house, most of my kids are not going to be the ones winning the trophy. Maybe one might. I don't know. But they sure better be prepared to not win, but let their work be good because it isn't about winning. And that's somehow society has gotten off of that. We live in that society. And so your kids will get trophies and your kids will get medals and your kids will get stickers and stamps. Your kids will be allowed to pass a a subject when they didn't, which is fascinating to me. Why is a zero not a zero? I don't get it. At one of my kids' school, a zero was a 50. What? Who came up with that? I was talking to the administrator going, are you, is, are you, do you know that this is happening? Yes, we do. Are you serious? Oh, yes, we are. Because we've noticed that with boys, it's just a boy thing. And I'm like, what? My kid's smart enough to figure out that you could have five zeros and still, get, you know, still pass the class. What is wrong with that? That's where we live. So it's just, it's, you live in that. You, you're in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. Okay, our house. Let's see. I may have already talked about this. Okay, yes, well, this is true. Part of my problem is that I enable because it's convenient for me. Okay, are we all in that boat? Ah. When they clean up, it looks terrible. And when they clean up, it's not put in the right spot. 
So the Legos that I organized, now there's blues and the white and there's yellows and the, I mean, it's just really, please. And the wheels, why would you put the wheels with the square ones? Put all the wheels in that box because there are wheels in that box. And so you have to go, you know, it's easier to do it myself. It's always been easier to cook myself. It's always been easier to do the laundry myself. I get it done on my time. It's done right. It's folded. It's put, you know, they can put it away, which they don't do that either. But then neither do I. So, again, it's just those things. What's convenient for me should not be what's driving the train. But it does. And um, as they get older, that's harder. Because as they get older, they really do have to do their work on their own. For me, because I don't know how to do that algebra anymore. And me helping is worse than them doing it on their own and getting a bad grade. But um, the more I enable them that way, the less they're able to do the things that they should be doing. I was one of those mothers that people talked about on the playground because I am a huge believer in uh, letting my kids do it themselves. I really am. And I've never hovered. When my kid walks to that drop-off, that very scary one where you reach out and grab the pole and go down, I've never, not once, stood by my two-year-old and done this. I'd sit on the park bench a long way away and watch. And out of my five children, not one of them has stepped off the edge. None of them. But they all gained confidence because they knew they could play on the big boy equipment. And they could do it. Did it make me almost hyperventilate and die every time they came to one of those huge openings? Because you know what they are. The big round one, you know where it goes. And they're like... And I'm just sitting there going, and the mother's next to me, where is the mother? How could they be doing that? Oh, my word. That must be one of the nannies over there. She's not watching. And I'm thinking, it's my kid. It's me. And and it's, it takes my breath away. I have watched my kid, that, that, that eight-year-old, dive off the diving board of the swimming pool and look like he's drowning the whole way from one end of the pool to the other and the lifeguards jumping in to save him. And I'm thinking, he can do it. He can do it. And you know what? He did do it. And the kid is a phenomenal swimmer. And I think it's because I wasn't in there behind him going, Oh, you can do it, you. And, and yet I sit here knowing that I have enabled my kids so much at this, at this later part that I could do a lot more of that. Such great confidence comes from letting them do it themselves. Don't be fooled by a world too that tells you you are um, that you aren't mothering them correctly, or that you are putting them in dangerous situations. Yes. Oh, I have five minutes. All right, girlies. And see, this is what I knew would happen because only because I've been doing this for the last year, and I find it so interesting to think about. So we're going to get to the very, very most important part. We'll move through. Here's how you do it. Set up a plan. Begin with a family meeting, which is what we talked about. Make it doable and not defeating, which that's where we're in control. And the incentive and reward. This table was talking about that. We, did, we have provided incentive the whole way, and it involves cash. You know? 
And either they get it or they don't. We did it where we took, I gave them the cash at the beginning of the month and we took money away. They didn't get to have the cash itself until the whole month was completed. And there was something that was interesting about that. Losing is much more of an incentive than gaining, which is fascinating. And consistency, which I am pathetic. I am a really bad at that. But even trying has been worth it. Yes? What I did is I put a jar in their room, and this I didn't make this up. Another mother told me this, that she had done it, and it worked well for a while in their house. And that's another thing. Things work well for a while, then they don't work anymore, and so you try something else. But I put in their room a jar, and I put $31 bills in it. And as they, if they didn't do the task, I took the dollar away. And if they did do, I left it in there. And so at the end of the month, they had their $30 or $20 or $5 or whatever it was. Um, And I hadn't thought about the idea of the incentive by not, they didn't want to lose it more than they wanted to gain it. Does that make sense? It's interesting. And it's actually a psychological theory for the stock market, which I had not thought of until I was with a business friend who said, that was brilliant. Did you know about that? That people are so much more incentivized by not losing than they are by gaining? And I was like, no. He's like, didn't you learn that in business school? And I'm thinking, clearly I was asleep in that class. (laughs) So, because I had never even thought of that. But it was interesting and it really is a powerful incentive. Okay, back to the why. Here is the key to it all. It is really the Lord. It always comes back to God because he is the creator. Okay? There's an implied message that you're giving your kids if you do everything for them. And what do you think it is? Anyone? That's exactly it. If you are doing it for them, it is a very, very, very loud and clear message. You can't do it. I will do it for you. You can't do it well enough. I will do it for you. That is, I know, just from you all sitting here, you don't have any interest in that. You want your kid to hear the exact opposite message. I believe in you. I believe in you. You are amazing. You are great. You are great. The the, hard, the part we have a hard time with is actually putting the meat on those words. The only way you can do it is by letting them do it. The only way they believe they can do it is by doing it. That's it. And that's huge. That's enormous. My kid clearly heard from his father, you can't snake that drain. And he stepped in and did it for him. The truth of the matter is the kid could have snaked the drain. Anybody can snake a drain. Would he have done it right? No. Would it have been a horrible mess? Absolutely. Would he have been grossed out? Oh, yes. Because it was gross. But the message was clear. It was never uttered. But it was very clear and it was loud. Again, these are not our kids. We are stewards over their life for such a short period of time. And our, our sort of the mantle that you've been given is to equip them. Why? You can look at Ephesians, at the end of Ephesians, where it talks about the um, armor of God, how to put that armor on. What we need to teach them is how to do it themselves, not to do it for them. And if they can do that, my word, can we step back for a minute and think about that and actually think about the seriousness of what we're doing? Equipping these future warriors who have been equipped and gifted for something because the Lord tells us that he has equipped us for something that he has prepared in advance for us to do. How neat if your child could actually believe 
that something was prepared in advance for them to do and that they are capable of doing it. That is exciting. And the other beautiful thing is that it is not and never will be by my strength. There's not one, one example that you can find in scripture where God said to somebody, you just go and I'll watch. You just go do it. I'll sit back and see if you can do it. He never ever did that. From the get-go, he said, go and I will do it through you. It's always through his power. No one was sent off by themselves. I'll check on you later. No one. We never have to be sent by ourselves. And that's beautiful because I don't know about y'all, but I sit often going, I I can't do it. And I sit many a time at the end of the day going, oh my gosh, did I ever mess that one up. I, I, this morning, I, I enabled the kid who is in this funky, weird mode of her hair having to look a certain way. And I had said, did you make your lunch? Yes, I did. She hadn't. I had said, are your, is your backpack ready? Yes, it is. It wasn't. I had said, are you ready to go? Yes, I am. She wasn't. We're all in the car. We have to depart our house. The very latest we can leave is 732 for everyone to get to school on time because, I mean, we know it by the minute. And it was 736. And I'm sitting there going, because the kid, there's one kid that's going to be delivered later, and that kid's getting a tardy. And when he gets three tardies, he gets a detention. And when he gets a detention, he can do nothing but sit with his hands on a desk for 45 minutes. That stinks. All because a girl was sitting there with her hot iron. And uh, I should have left. And I, next time, I'm leaving. I'm not waiting. But I was sitting there going, oh, it'll hurt her feelings, and then she'll be in such a bad mood, which she was in a terrible mood. And then her whole day will be shot, and it will be horrible. Well, you know what? She needed to be left this morning. And I blew it. Even though I know I still blew it because I can't stop myself. Because I'm an enabler. But I have friends who help me, are helping me. And that's the whole part. You don't have to do it alone. It's a community effort. Let's not be fooled by what society is telling us. Let's realize that work really is great. If you let them do it, it fortifies like nothing else. Your words are just words. They float. Oh, you're so good. You're so great. The work puts meat to those, to those bones. And it lets them actually believe, I can do it. And when they think, I can do it, oh, it opens up the world. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry. So much. Do we have time for questions? Oh, we do? Oh, good. Okay. Do y'all have any questions? Um, the, the, the money incentive that you use, is that their, um, oh gosh. What Allowance? Yeah, there you yes. go. Okay. And we've struggled with that. We don't do that. I, I'm convinced we don't do it right. Um, it's interesting. I gave again. I gave them the choice. You can either have because it bothered my uh, parents that it we were taking money away. You know, they they thought that would hurt their feelings, and so I gave them the choice. You can either um, have me put dollars in the jar, or you can have me take dollars out of the jar. Well, the teen wanted dollars put in the jar instead of taken out. And, you know, I sat at the end of that going, my goodness, I had not realized the major incentive of having money taken away. I went through, I've gone through a phase two of just because all of those dollar bills, oh, 
just too much, and I'm very unorganized. It's very hard to keep up with that. I have a really hard time remembering to go check their rooms, which I forget all the time, you know, whatever. And uh, I decided, well, it is just so much easier to do it online because I, I ended up setting up, you can get uh, custodial accounts for your kids, which is so neat, and they have their own bank account. On, through our bank, they have a check card where they can go get their money out, which I like that better than having all the money there. And um, I thought, well, I'll just transfer the money instead of putting the money in their jar. It has not worked well because it's, they don't see it. And, and that's very interesting how, how compelling that is. That's been interesting to me. Um, we've, we've gone backward on Florida and working on them caring and not caring. The older ones tend to care if they want to buy something. So the younger ones care all the time. That's what's interesting, and that's what I'm telling you. Get it while they care, and then they won't care. But then maybe enough, you know, it's just that, it's like, it's the whole fortifying their wings so that when they actually start flying, it's not brand new to them. They're like, ah, this works. And because they've been practicing, they can go further. And then you have them maybe at 18 or when they're going to college really being able to do a lot instead of just a little and having to go back and relearn things that they should have been learning all along. And then maybe we won't go through some of the depression that a lot of the kids are dealing with right now. Because a lot of kids are dealing with it. They've had to increase counseling staffs at universities two or threefold. Because so many of these terrific kids who on paper look great are coming in with nothing. And they're very upset and depressed. So, but the secret's in this book. Okay. Okay, my question is just like, how do, we've heard a lot about doing teamwork and like really encouraging teamwork in your family. So we do a lot of like picking up toys and we're like, we'll do teamwork instead. Like instead of just being like, get in there and do it. Like yeah, we do teamwork. Is that a bad thing or do no. you think that that's? I think that's that kind of we along do, the lines with what you're saying. You know, when you live in a family, it's all for one, or you know, you you don't really have a choice. And and we do we do that too. I do that sometimes. Sometimes I don't do that. You know, Jody Capehart, who started Prestonwood Academy and Legacy, she's so great. She has a lot of neat stuff to say. And I remember hearing her talk when my kids were younger. And she said that it is so great when your kids are younger to find ways for them to work that go along with their giftedness. Because some kids are very, um, they're compelled by games. And so to make the picking up a game is a really great idea where it's, you know, how fast can you do it? Or, you know, can you make it look this way? Or things like that. Um, We have to work very hard on the teamwork because we have one little guy who's always messing everything up. And it isn't fair. Um, then we get the little life lecture of the fact that life isn't fair and we all live in this house and we all have to do it. So a lot of times I don't do it with them. When they were younger, I did, but I don't know. I don't know. Except that I know that me doing it myself without including them isn't good. That part I think is you know, pretty true. But how you do it, I think it's just what works for your family. Because I think you'll go through phases 
of when they'll even do it. You know, and when they, there are great phases of making them do it themselves. I had a showdown on the couch this morning where the little guy did not want to throw his paper towel away. He was convinced that I had to come get it and throw it away. And I didn't back, you know, it's just like, no, get up yourself, get up yourself, get up yourself, get up. And it was just me, 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 because they're relentless. They never give up. And, and it's like, my word, I can just go get it and throw it away. And then I think, no, I can't do that. And, you know, eventually he got up and did it himself. So, you know, I think the great thing is to talk amongst ourselves where we go. What's working for you? This worked for me. It's not working so well anymore. What's, you know, and, and that's the beauty of walking the road together is that we get to share and say, oh, my gosh, this was brilliant. And that's all I'm saying to you. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I can say that dinner thing, that worked well for us. I had no idea how great that was. The laundry thing, I didn't know a three-year-old could separate laundry. I'd never done it. I just didn't, I just hadn't tried because I hadn't thought about it. The grocery store thing, where have I been? What, why wouldn't I let my kids pick the fruit? Why, why do I have to pick what fruit we're eating? I let them pick it out and they can figure out the ones with the big black things on it. Those aren't so good, you know? But they could learn that and I have, I've been very convicted of that. So question on, on piggyback on that. So you're the paper towel thing and you're a little three-year-old and you want to do it. So when you have to, like, get up and do it, go, no, you do it, no, you do it, go over and over, that becomes a discipline thing with a three-year-old? Then you discipline for not listening to mommy? Or do you just... Well, now that's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very a interesting... Thing, but I know, and I have to say that what I would have said... I, Jennifer could speak to this, too, but... I and Jennifer runs a much tighter ship than I do. Mine's Lucy and it's embarrassing. But I have watched the kid, this little kid. Um, my older ones, I was very quick to discipline harsh and fast. Um, I have not done that with the youngest one. And I am not sure the younger one isn't a little better off for that. And I only throw that out there, like, really thin ice. I'm not sure if that's right, and I'm really not an expert on any of that. But I have been going, wow, what? It's like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. Next. All right, is anyone else? Okay, speak to how you... Um justifying your head oh I'll do this for them they have so much homework they're so busy yeah. they're stressed everybody needs downtime um, you know isn't that my job I'm a stay at home mom you know how do you keep from making excuses when they're fully capable of doing stuff that's where my schizophrenia comes into play <laughs> don't listen to yourself oh but it would be so easy but you do it for him no please don't do it it's much better oh but they can do it oh but it's freezing outside he doesn't need to get out and pump the gas yes he does no he doesn't get out and pump the gas <laughs> there I sit mostly in the car doing that and now I have a mouth guard because apparently I've been clenching and grinding my teeth <laughs> oh yes I should have brought it with me I wore it for the first time last night and I feel like a new woman <laughs> and he said to me seriously he goes I was in the other day and I was saying my teeth my ear I'm in so much pain and he goes this was at the periodontist and he said can you tell me something and he said do you, do you feel like you're under stress and I said no 
and and I'm really laid back and I was like I can't think of anything that would be stressful and he looked at me and he goes now how many kids do you have and I said five and he goes how old are they well 14 to 3 and he goes honey if you don't have stress you're doing some serious self-medicating <laughs> is that not hilarious <laughs> So he's got me a mouth guard, and he said to me, uh, you need to be wearing this during carpool. <laughs> so I have it in the car. I wore it yesterday, and they all made fun of me. So I do that all day, and I, I have to say that um, it is tough. It is tough being a kid right now, and it is not fair. They are asked to do things. They sh- I, I think... This is Kay's opinion. The level of education that they are receiving at the age they are is way too heavy. It's too much. It's too, you know, I have an eighth grader doing honors algebra that I did when I possibly was a junior and I was at Hockaday. And um, he's an eighth grade boy. He doesn't care. And it's just, will it stick? Is someone can that, you know, set the bar this high and they will go? I, there's so much truth to that. But the stress is enormous. And so I don't know, except I, what I do know is that I have watched them working and it gives them confidence. And I know to be able to go through that because some kids are really brilliant and can do it. Well, I really don't. That's true. We are big in our house, and it's mostly because of my husband. And that is one thing. You know, you kind of have to go with what your husband believes in. But as a helpmate, we are responsible to go give them information. And my husband is huge on not overscheduling. Our kids, our kids don't all have one activity. Right now, one has an activity. We are not in the car. We refuse to be in the car. My kids play in the park by themselves because there aren't any other kids playing with them because they're all at their scheduled activities. But it doesn't matter. Um, so I, I really try to not do it for them. I really try to let them fail. It is excruciating. It's excruciating because I know that they're in this level right now. My 12-year-old is moving into this, you know, funky. There's just hormones going on. They cannot help themselves. She was crying to me one night and just crying, crying, crying. And I couldn't get to what was wrong. And she said, sometimes I just don't know what's wrong or why I'm crying. And I'm like, honey, welcome to being a woman, you know. (laughs) It's just part of it. And I I hope when the, you know, when the day, the great change comes, that maybe it will even out. (laughs) That we'll be able to know when these occurrences are going to happen. Uh, Maybe they won't. But it's very hard for her. And it's hard for my older one. It's, It's hard. Um, I hope that by erring on the side of letting them fail and making them do it on their own will help them. And quite frankly, a lot of the stuff we think we need to be doing, we don't. You know, a lot of it really doesn't matter. We don't have to always be where I think we have to be. I just wanted to ask, I wanted to jump back to... um when you were talking about the discipline question and, and you said this last one, you're not. Was there a logical thought process in that or you just haven't done it? Well, there, is, there are four other children that are vying for a lot of attention. 
and I have to say that um, I again there as a mother I, I was fairly driven as a young person I don't ever remember making a B until I got into an honors algebra class that was too hard for me um, I don't ever remember not trying so um, when I got to the point of being a mother there's nothing that I want to succeed at more than being a mom there's, and, and I can tell you a lot of accomplishments I've done in my life none of them mean anything to me but this mothering thing that's huge and so when I was pregnant trying to convince myself that I actually was having a children because we never we were surprised on every one of them um, I pull, you know I think I was 31 reading every book you know and and then I say there is a right way there is a right way so here I am and I'm going to do it and I'm going to listen to everybody I'm going to do it and so by the time the fifth one comes along I'm sitting there going really actually the most important thing is that they know I love them and I struggle with that now still with the older one going as I say to him don't go into that school and listen to it just go do your best don't look at the kid next to you and worry if you're, if you're as good as he is don't, don't worry about it you're a smart kid you're, you're a smart kid you made it this far you will do okay and I need to be doing that with myself don't listen to that other family that's doing this, 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 and this it doesn't matter if we're not on that team don't, don't, it doesn't matter if my kid isn't reading when they're in kindergarten I'm okay, you know because you sit there oh, I didn't go sign up and get into that preschool oh my gosh, my kid is just going to be behind everybody because everyone's telling you that if they aren't in this program if they aren't doing this well, really? Oh, that's so sad can you believe that she's not doing that you know I get over it so by the time the fifth one comes along I can't tell you how much I don't care <laughs> he is uh, he's three and a half and he uh, is wearing pull ups he still is he doesn't like underwear who cares he can wear the pull ups I don't care doesn't matter he still eats baby food isn't that nice? He likes it. What difference does it make? You know, the kids will start making fun of him at some point, and then he might actually care. But more than anything, that kid is safe in our house. He feels safe. We had to have that conversation with our 14-year-old the other day. You are safe. We love you. I don't care if you fail every class. It doesn't matter to me. In this house, you are safe. I love you no matter what you do. And there comes the, okay, I'm safe. Okay, I can do this. For me, it's the same thing. It is the same thing as I listen to all the messages Do I go to the one who says, block it out? Don't listen to them. Listen to me. And guess what? I'm going to take you as I wanted to do Jerusalem. And I wanted to take Jerusalem and bring them under my wings and warm and safe inside. And those feathers that are always there and warm and engulf you. That's what my Savior is doing for me. And there I can rest and go, (gasps) deep breath. There's no right way. There is no right way. You, Mom, make sure those kids know that they are loved and they are safe and that they were made to do something. I created them to do something. I'll use somebody else if they don't want to do it. But you show them how to step up to the plate 
You show them how to believe and rest in me because you're doing that. Because you aren't listening. Because let me tell you something. They watch you every minute of the day. Every second. They watch me. Oh, my mom, she really does like to put others ahead of herself. Okay. That's, that's how I'm doing it. Because she seems like she's happy. They don't probably even think about that much. But they watch it. Because that's the real stuff. The other isn't real. It's fake. But we live in this world. We aren't of it. But we live in it. And so you, me, my kids, all of us are going to be faced with this vying for position. What's best? What school am I going to? Right now, what team am I playing on? What school am I going to? Where am I going to end up? That's what my oldest one is dealing with. At 14, do you think, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to have a job. I'm like, what? A, why would a 14-year-old be even thinking about that? It makes me sick. But that's what he's hearing. How important it is. What school you get into. What you make on the SAT. And it's very stressful. But I can't fool myself and think that's just him. I hear it every day too about me. So where is my armor? Am I letting it sink in? Am I buying into it? Or am I staying founded in truth? Because more likely than not, if I'm founded in truth, then I'm not. The waves are coming. Because the waves are coming. They will come no matter what. And again, you can look in Scripture to know that the waves are coming. But there is one person on your boat that speaks a word to calm him. Not when you want him to wake up, but when he doesn't. So can I rest in the middle of this year, which it is every day? Can I rest with that one on the boat who I know at the right time will say, be still, and it will all do this? That's where the truth is. And there's the truth. It's good to make my kids work. It's good. Because they're created to do that. Because I'm created to do that. It's good to teach my kids how to be putting others ahead of themselves. And it's not normal. No one's doing it. Because we don't want to do it. We'll buck that every time we turn around. Okay. Thank you, Kay. That was wonderful. Can I pray real quick? Let's just, for just, Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your promise that you will be with us at every turn. We come to you empty. I got nothing. I have nothing. May, may I truly know that I'm completely useless so that you may be useful to me to help you do whatever work you have on this earth that you've prepared for each one of us in advance to do. Fortify us as mother, Lord. Take each one of these children that are represented in these homes and we ask that today you will help each one of us to equip them to be mighty, mighty warriors for your name's sake so that you, O Lord, may receive the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.